You're listening to Sunday Sermons from Christ Pacific Church, located in Huntington Beach, California. We're cultivating a community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world. Hi, my name is Peter. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We're on the third week of Advent as we are considering what it would look like to conspire together to make Christmas meaningful again. Last week, we considered what it would look like to spend less money at Christmas. And today, we're going to consider what it would look like to give more of what really matters. Good morning. My name is Linda Hewitt, and I'll be reading this morning's scripture with you. We'll be reading from Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25 in the New Revised Standard Version. Uh, Please follow along in your Bible or on the screens. Again, that's Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of God. Welcome to <clears throat> Welcome to week number three of the Advent Conspiracy. We are conspiring together to make Christmas meaningful again. And last week, Dean talked a little bit about this word conspire. That often has negative connotations. People who conspire or believe in conspiracy theories are not generally thought well of. But conspire is not a negative word. We're doing something together to uh, push up against what has become a cultural norm, which is to celebrate the birth of our Savior by radically consuming stuff. That's generally how we celebrate Christmas. And so what we're saying is let's conspire together to make Christmas meaningful again. And we're going to do that by worshiping fully. Right? Christmas begins with worship. It began with worship and it begins today with worship. And by spending less. Spending less money on gifts simply for the sake of spending And giving more, this is what we're going to talk about today. It sounds maybe counterintuitive, but um, I hope that it won't be after today. To give more, to give more of what really matters this Christmas season. Uh, And then finally, to love all. That's what we will talk about next week. So this week, give more. Give more of what really matters. Last night, I had the privilege of being at our Angel Tree Christmas party. This 
was a party that we hosted. A whole team of people came together and, and uh, decorated rooms 101, 102, 103, and, and I got ready for a giant Christmas party where we invited families and children to come and receive those 83 gifts that you had purchased for those 83 children. Angel Tree is a ministry of prison fellowship, and it's an opportunity that we took advantage of uh, to give Christmas gifts to kids who have a parent who is incarcerated and who would otherwise not receive a gift from mom or dad. And so we had the opportunity to share the gift of Christmas by uh, giving these kids an experience, an experience of Christmas, and to also give them uh, a gift. I just want to show you a couple pictures from last night because it was really, uh, really magnificent. Look at the joy on those faces. We got to celebrate the gift of Jesus last night. And uh, there's a couple more here. You know, Christmas is a season of wonder because we are celebrating the most wonder-filled event in the history of the universe. God became a man. This is amazing. And uh, we got to, uh, got to see the wonder in some faces. This one's the best. Here's a kid who can understand Christmas. That God became a man. Super fun uh, last night. Thanks to all of you who, who gave those 83 gifts to these 47 uh, families. A bunch of them came last night. We're able to give them in person, and the rest of those gifts will get delivered uh, in the coming uh, in the coming weeks. I was listening to uh, a song this week that will be familiar to many of you. It was. Um, uh, written by this guy, Harry Shapin. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right. Uh, but he, uh, he wrote this song that I'm going to play you uh, about three minutes worth of. Actually, the, the whole thing, Peter. And um, <clears throat> I'm going to create a little bit of cognizant uh, 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 dissonance because I'm going to play you the version of the song that Johnny Cash sang. Uh, this is a picture of Harry Shapin. He wrote the song, so I want to give him credit. But uh, I guess when Johnny Cash covers your song, your version is no longer the best. And um, uh, Johnny Cash's is really great. So uh, listen in. Here's three minutes of a song. I invite you to listen. My son turned 10 just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, not today. I got a lot to do, he said. That's okay. The boy got a ball from his dad. But what he really wanted was his dad to pay attention to him. And this song captures a lot of what we are getting at this week when we say, give more this Christmas. Not more stuff, more of yourself. The boy didn't want another ball. He wanted someone to catch the one ball that he had. He wanted his dad to pay attention to him. He wanted his dad to spend time with him. He wanted the presence of his dad. I could tell by your nodding that you could relate uh, to that song. I have a scrapbook journal with all of uh, these newspaper clippings and pamphlets from when I played football in high school. And uh, I was looking through that scrapbook this week and I came across a few pictures that I'm going to show you momentarily. 
so I got to play football for the Gonzaga Prep Bull Pups, not to be confused with the Gonzaga uh, University Bulldogs. We were down the street. We were just puppies. They were dogs. Um, <clears throat> this is me, number 64, in the middle, looking all big and bad and mean. Uh, so funny. So I was looking through these pictures, and then when I was a senior, of course, you get your... Uh, you get your picture highlighted. These are all the seniors. Look at that hair. <laughs> so fun. Hey, the reason I have these pictures and I could experience a little bit of nostalgia was because I have this scrapbook full of these pamphlets and every newspaper article that was written in the local newspaper during my high school football career. And I have that scrapbook because my dad gave it to me as a gift. I don't think my dad ever missed a single sporting event that I was ever in. I don't think he ever missed a single concert that I ever played in. Now, my dad is far from perfect. There was a lot that he didn't know about being a dad. I'm sure that all of you who are dads can relate to that. You know, you, your kids don't come with user manuals. You've got you to figure it out as you go. But what my dad did do was he gave the gift of his presence. He, he was paying attention to me, And he gave me this great gift of memories, this scrapbook. And it's not really the scrapbook that's so important to me. It's what it reminds me of, that my dad was paying attention, that he cared enough to give the gift of his presence to me, to pay attention to me uh, when I was out on, uh, on, the, uh, on the football field. This is my dad. This is what I'm going to look like in 30 years, by the way. <laughs> Uh, this is actually uh, this is actually him. He came over to uh, Krista and my home when we lived in Washington because we were residing our house, and so he came over to uh, to help. and And uh, this is him helping. <clears throat> uh, the authors of this Advent conspiracy book that we have invited you to read along with with us uh, they say this about Jesus. They say uh, he paid attention, he listened. He noticed he did everything that people in a hurry forget to do. Oh, I'm in a hurry a lot. He did what people in a hurry often forget to do. The gospel writer Matthew tells us that the birth of Jesus was a fulfillment of what the prophet Isaiah had declared 750 years before. So Matthew writes in chapter 1, verse 22, Linda read it for us, all of this, the events around the birth of Jesus, all of this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, look, pay attention, look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Emmanuel, they shall name him. Emmanuel, that's, that's an important name. That's an intentional name. That name was given on purpose because it accurately describes the one to whom it is ascribed. It accurately describes the one to whom this name is given. Jesus is the with us God. That's what Emmanuel means. And this is what I need. Let's see if you can relate to this. This is what I need. I need a God who is going to be with me, not a God who knows all things or a God who is all powerful or a God who is three persons in one or a God who is beautiful beyond comprehension. 
Although it turns out God is all those things as well. I need a God who is with me. I need a God who will stand at my side. I need a God who knows me and still loves me. I need a God who will enter into a relationship with me, who will understand all the ups and downs about who I am. I need a God who will walk with me through my parents' divorce. I need a God who will be there for me when I realize that I've just made a huge mistake and there are mammoth consequences to it. I need a God who will go with me on my first day of high school when I'm scared to death that nobody will like me. I need a God who will accompany me when I move to San Francisco and I step into the intimidating offices of O'Brien Kreitzberg Project Managers, my first employer after college. I need a God who will be with me in those moments. I need a God who will be with me when I say yes to marriage because I have no idea what I've just said yes to. I need a God who will be with me and stand with me when I discover that I have testicular cancer. This was 10 or 12 years ago. And I need a God who will be with me, be there with me when I wake up from surgery. I need a God who will be with me when Krista and I discover that because of my problems, we are unable to have biological children. I need a God who will stand with me. I don't need a God who has all the right answers. I need a God who is with me. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are with me, that you are with us, and that we get to celebrate that reality this Christmas. Think about when Jesus was born. He entered into the muck and the mire and the pain and the brokenness of our world. And just how was it that Jesus entered the world? How was it that he showed up? Precisely the same way that you and I showed up. Through our mother's birth canal, soaked in amniotic fluid and blood, squirming, screaming as we gasp for our first breath of air. Jesus entered the world in exactly the same way you and I did, which is, I think, arguably the most painful human experience possible, giving birth, which seems like an appropriate initiation into life in a broken and painful world, doesn't it? Jesus was born into our messiness. He wasn't even exempt from the messy process of being born. Do you see it? Do you see the wonder of it? Do you see the wonder That Jesus, the God of the universe, is with us. He's come to live among us in our mess, in our pain, in our joy. Jesus lived with and he suffered with Mary Magdalene, with Lazarus, with John, with the Samaritan woman at the well, with Jairus, the synagogue ruler. He was with all of these folks in the midst of their real, physical, social, economic and emotional struggles. Do you ever find yourself in a mess? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, Emmanuel. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God gave us the best gift he could give. He literally gave us himself. He gave us his presence. 
When Harry Shapin wrote that song, Cats in the Cradle, he was writing about a boy who wanted nothing more than his father's presence. And then, ironically, later in life, a father who wanted nothing more than the presence of his grown son. And the story of Christmas is a story of our Father in Heaven who has given us his presence. Once and for all. Emmanuel, God with us. When Joseph had that dream, when the angel uh, told him that he should take Mary to be his wife because her pregnancy was this wonder-filled, mysterious work of the Holy Spirit, and Joseph was told in that dream that he should give the child the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, you will call him Jesus. Jesus is an important name. It's an intentional name. Because it accurately describes the one to whom it is ascribed. Jesus is the God who saves. That is who he is. Jesus is the Greek name, the Greek version of the Hebrew name Joshua or Yeshua. You know, just like uh, Pedro is the Spanish name for Peter. So Jesus is the Greek name for Joshua. And Joshua just means... God saves. This child who would enter the world through Mary's womb would bear the name and the mission of God to seek out and to save the lost, the broken, the shipwrecked, the down and out, the marginalized, those who are enslaved by sin. This Jesus came to rescue and save the lost. It strikes me that in Matthew's gospel there in chapter 1, that in the course of three verses, Jesus is, we're told that this child will be called both Jesus and Emmanuel. He is both the God who is with us and also the God who saves us. At first I thought that those those names were unrelated, but in fact they're inextricably connected. For God saves us by coming to be with us. God saves us by coming to be with us. This is how God saves. Jesus is born into our humanity. He becomes one of us. He experiences life with us. He lives with us in the muck and the mire and the joy and the exuberance of life. And as one of us, Jesus takes on all of our sin and our guilt and even our death. He bears the weight of all of that on the cross and he sets us free. You see, the manger is leading to the cross. I don't know if you can tell, but this manger is leading to the cross. There's a cross back there. It's kind of subtle. We're not to the cross yet. It's not Easter yet. It's not Lent yet, but we're, we're heading there. The manger leads us to the cross. Jesus takes our place at the cross and rescues us from sin, from death, from the evil one. The God who is with us is the God who saves us this way. Jesus Emmanuel, the God who saves us by being with us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, the son who became flesh, And blood and lived among us. Do you see the wonder? 
Do you see the miracle? Jesus saves us by setting us free. As I've said, free from death, free from sin, free from the evil one. And he's placed us in the middle of this divine community of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So Jesus sets us free. He sets us free from anxiety. He sets us free from fear. Free from the need to be accepted by others. Free from the fear of rejection because we have been accepted by God. We have been accepted by the Trinitarian God of the universe. We have entered into that divine relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What do we have to be afraid of? What do we have to be anxious about? We're even set free from our need maybe to show off with our gift giving because we know that we are already the apple of God's eye. Jesus sets us free from all of that. And Jesus also sets us an example. Not only is Jesus the best gift ever, but he shows us how to give the gift of presence. He pays attention. He spends time with people. So many of the stories that we read in the gospel accounts are stories of how Jesus engaged with people over meals. Eating takes time. And Jesus spent that time with people, FaceTime with people. This time, this gift of presence, this is the more that we're invited to give as we conspire to make Christmas meaningful again. To give more of what really matters, to give more of your presence. I was at a Starbucks uh, this week, and I was actually uh, taking notes and preparing for, uh, for teaching today. And this woman uh, came up to me and she said, God wants to give you a word. And so she handed me a Starbucks napkin with the word on it. And um, I, I set it there and continued what I was doing for a little bit. She went and sat down, uh, and then I read it. And uh, this is what it said. I'll change her name for her sake. She says, uh, hi, my name is Amber. I would like to let you know that he would like to let you let me know that that he would like to give you a car, a home and your retirement money of forty one thousand twenty seven dollars every month. He would also like you to use your credit card to buy anything you like for free. If you did not have a credit card, he could give you one. God would like you to know that you should get a mail regarding this very soon. May God bless you abundantly and may your life be filled with peace, happiness, and prosperity. God bless you, Amber. And uh, I thought, that's a pretty good word. Thanks, Amber. Uh, so I thought about that, and, and uh, as I was leaving, uh, Amber was still there, and so I walked up to her, I introduced myself, and I said, hi, Amber. I said, thank you for the word. I said, I'm, I'm not sure if God wants to give me a car, a home, and $41,000 a month in retirement, plus anything I want via a credit card. But what I do know, Amber, is that God wants to give me his presence, And that's way better than a car, a home, $41,000 a month in retirement, and anything I want via my best visa card. Because God is Emmanuel God. And we're told all about that in Matthew chapter 1. She actually had a Bible on uh, on her table. I said, take a look. And Merry Christmas to you. The gift of Emmanuel, 
better than any possible gift. And it's the gift that we want most. If we're really honest with ourselves, it's the gift we want most, the gift of God's presence, the gift of being paid attention to. And so this Christmas, as you consider giving, as you consider gifts, and I know it's especially for you who are really responsible, it's December 15th and like you've already done all of your Christmas shopping, right? But as you consider giving this Christmas, I want to invite you to consider giving the gift of presents because what the people around you want more than anything else is you. What they want more than anything else is you. The best gift that you have to offer is the gift of yourself. And Jesus shows us how to do that. Jesus set us an example. And when we give ourselves, when we give the gift of presence, the gift of paying attention, when we do that, we are reflecting the gospel. We're reflecting the Christmas story, the gift of Emmanuel, God with us. This is how we can conspire together to make Christmas meaningful again. Give the gift of presence. It's the best present ever. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have given us the gift of your presence. Thank you that you have not left us orphaned, but that you have actually adopted us through Jesus Christ, that you have brought us into your family, and that you did this by showing up, that you did this by becoming one of us and taking on flesh and blood and dwelling among us, setting up your tent in our front yard, so to speak. Thank you, Jesus, that this is your gift to us, the gift of you with us, the gift of you paying attention to us, the gift of you rescuing us from the fear of being alone, rescuing us from the darkness by shining your light into our lives. So, Father, thank you for the gift of yourself through your Son, the person of Jesus of Nazareth, born to a woman named Mary. We celebrate you today, Jesus. Help us to celebrate you in a way that honors you and reflects the gift that you have given. We worship you, Jesus, for we pray it in your name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Christ Pacific Church, visit our website at www.cpchv.org. To join us in our Advent readings, follow us on social media at Christ Pacific Church. Click on our Stories icon.